Hey, Mixed Company listeners, if you're in the New York City area on July 25th, be sure to join the She Runs It team for our fifth annual boot camp entitled Take Charge Now When Passion Meets Purpose. During this event, boot campers will benefit from the wisdom and experience of fellow senior level professionals who will share strategies to navigate your career while enjoying an afternoon of informational sessions, Q&A, and networking. Boot camp starts at 11.30 a.m. and will close with a special cocktail hour at 5 p.m. So for tickets, remember to visit sherunsit.org. That's sherunsit.org. We hope to see you there. Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Guys, it's Mixed Company. We are fresh back from all kinds of vacations. Yep. Hey. We got some broken legs. No, we got some. Leg. <laughs> Listen, let me let me speak my piece. We got some broken legs. We got some messed up digestive systems. Karina, I don't know what you got, we're but like you were you probably don't have anything because you were you were at Essence, so I you a, I feel blessed. You didn't catch nothing because yeah, that was a whole bunch of aunties and you were uh, that wasn't Wakanda. That was like that was, that auntie was like Auntie Wakanda. It, it looked lit on Instagram. I feel blessed. You should. I do. I feel blessed. It's church. Essence looked like church. Essence it, looked like right after church when they start to give plates and stuff. So when I, because you know, I grew up Catholic. So whenever I would go to like a black church with my cousins, I'd be super excited because there would always be oh, fried chicken. Oh, you don't chicken. get food after church? At, At a Catholic church? church, girl? No, we get a piece of bread wafer. And maybe a sip of grape juice that they call wine. So you don't know what, so, but you know what church punch is. I mean, I know what it is because I, my, I mean, my uh, my other family, like, <laughs> my extended family, partook in African American tra- traditions. So yes, I would go to a black church whenever I would go visit family or my go to church with friends and they always had a plate and it looked like after service with all the aunties after they put on their sneakers. <laughs> Because you know what I'm plate. saying? <laughs> to pass out the plate so they had their sneakers on and they were just comfortable and loose and girl talk. And it just looked, it looked it like a nice. big hug, a big auntie yes. hug, like in yes. a bosom. Was it? <laughs> it was. I mean, the best part. So the first night, the first concert was Jill Scott, uh, The Roots, and Erica Badu. Shout out to Philly. So it brought out like, y'all seen like Dave Chappelle's Black Block Party. Yeah. yeah. It brought out those vibes again. Like okay. all you needed was Dave Chappelle and be like, we're here. This is never going to happen again. I mean, that's what Roots Picnic was like. Okay. Oh, so yeah. Was- and then Kirk Franklin came out. Come on, on Jesus. The stage Didn't I say church? And gave like 90s did he do stomp? gospel. He did, did do, he do stomp. stomp. He did melodies from heaven. Oh, I just it was, it was a blessing. A black ass affair. I mean, Essence is always, but I think this was. year's was like like extra. I it think Girls Trip big. gave yes. it Girls Trip yes. and the election and culture and just spirituality in general just gave people. Yes, folks needed to get to church. I got three head wraps. Come on, Jesus, that's a blessing. <laughs> I got that's a blessing. <laughs> I got a top. Come on, come on. <laughs> Yeah. It was awesome. Lo- I mean, you know, Fred Hammond looked like Fat Joe, but that's another story. That's another story because yeah. I did see a pic. Y- well, you know what? Snoop Dogg was there. So Snoop Dogg, his set. It was real black. Snoop Dogg did his first first half of his set. Did he smoke like on Snoop stage? Dogg. No. First half was Snoop Dogg. The second part was Snoop Lion. Okay. And then the last part Snoop was, was Reverend Snoop, who brought out the Clark sisters, John P. Key, what? and... Fred Hammond. That sounds like an amazing an gospel show. Stylist uh, to make him look like Fat Jim. <laughs> I, I would have loved to be there. It was and not be sober. It was, it was kind of weird. I mean, did you did you did it touch your spirit? No, it did not. Um, it got me confused. That's so confused. How you gonna drop it like, like it's hot and then two uh, seconds later bring what do you Kirk, mean? Sis, Kirk, uh, the Don't Kirk tell sisters. me. No, don't tell me you don't listen that's, to drop it like it's hot. But like that you've never listened to secular music I do before that, but service. Like, all in the same hour. Yes. That's a lot. No, I get it. <laughs> in the same it. hour. I get it. I get it. I be in the car. <laughs> you switch it. <laughs> no, I don't switch it. I turn so, it off and walk in church. So, so were you were you were you drinking? <laughs> were you drinking? I was okay. I mean, it's New Orleans, so like you know, I had my oh, yeah. regular, my jester, my yeah. grenade, my. That's you know. a mind fuck. 
No, yeah. it's not. I mean, it's a lot God, of sugary that drinks. Is definitely a mind fuck. But you don't have it at the same time. Is switching up like three times in front of you. I mean, maybe I was kid when like I saw Peppa. When I saw salt in stomp, like that was the one that kind of reconciled it for me. So like now I've moved forward and like my spiritual world is aligned with my real world. And if I can't keep Jesus (laughs) in the club, if I can't even keep Jesus in the club, (laughs) okay, then I don't even really deserve to talk about Jesus outside of it. He has to be with me all the time. You love God. Yeah, I love God. God. (laughs) Do you love God? (laughs) How about you? (laughs) That's amazing. I low key told somebody the other day that like, Stomp came on the radio for whatever reason, and I was like, for real, like, I gave a little, you know, like, extra bounce in my seat. Like, I won't call it a twerk, because that might be disrespectful, but, like... (laughs) Oh, that's disrespectful. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, like, I just feel like when Stomp comes on, like, I be out here shouting for Jesus. That's that's a real hit. Like, (laughs) I just hit an extra... Two piece bounce. So I know how to do it next year, so mm-hmm. I can attend the sessions. More sessions. I think. Yeah. I think most people are trying to go next. Y'all made us real jealous. We we had FOMO. We were in Croatia for the yacht. Y'all week. were partying it up. We were partying it up. Some of us who broke a leg more than others. <laughs> more than others. <laughs> <laughs> some of us who broke a leg more than others. But yeah, we Simeon, myself, some other friends to the show. We were out in Croatia. Being our blackest selves, bringing Wakanda to, I don't think that's Europe. Western Europe, but East. I think that's actually considered Eastern Europe, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. bringing was, Wakanda, Europe. bringing West Wakanda to Eastern Europe, to the and it was really yeah, in the land of our colonizers. It was quite interesting. Um, but we met some really dope people, um, both from New York and also from all over Europe. And I mean, I had a good time without breaking bones. I did come back um, extremely sick, um, still trying to, you know, keep food down this week. But you know, I guess it was worth it. You spend multiple thousands of dollars to have a good time. And I guess if you don't come back with an ailment, you didn't do your job? I don't know. I I did my job. I came back I did my job then. You did your job, yeah. I did my job, yeah. Care to share? I, I broke my ankle. Just listen, <laughs> listen. That's I don't even want to talk scratch. about it no more because I'm just like, also, literally, I've been side eyeing Simeon for about a whole week. She has been. seven days straight. I've just been looking at him like you are too grown for that. You're, you're close. I'll put it this way: you're closer, you're closer to forty than I am. So I just don't understand how you really out here making these decisions. Kai was definitely side eyeing me the whole, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Your comment, I DM'd you. I was like, "What happened to you? Because why are you partying up with a cane?" And you're like, "Life came at me fast." <laughs> you know what came? <laughs> you know what didn't come at him fast? Since. You know what we wish would have came at him fast? Some common sense, but you know what? Listen. Live your life, friend. Go ahead the, and be for, great. For those who are curious, I was on a water obstacle course with. Three, uh, what, no, four. And it wasn't like people. a kitty one. It was wipeout. No, there were a hella kids on there, which is why I didn't realize. Like, I can I think- say that I saw the kids and said that is why I won't be on it? Like from afar, I was like, there are a whole bunch of kids that is not for grown people. But you know, grown people don't really listen to you. They just kind of <laughs> do what the fuck they want to do. I mean, because I saw kids, I thought, why not? Hey, why not? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. You know, Mm-mm-mm. Sesame Place. Listen, I'm out here trying to be Easy. Peter Pan. Like that's just my life right now. Peter Pan flew. <laughs> I'm I'm the Peter Pan of this ground. Okay. That's listen. You're Mortality smiling. is real. Mortality is real, friend. But go ahead and be great because it's one life to live. If you're gonna go out, go out in Croatia. <laughs> no, actually no, take that. Please don't go out in Croatia. I will say go out into Croatia. Don't go out in Croatia. But yeah, the yacht week was cool. I have a recap coming um of the real shit that I wish that people would have told me. I did have a good time. I will preface it with that. Um, but my sarcasm may speak otherwise but it's not because i didn't have fun it's because these bloggers out here be lying in these streets like they for real want you to really think that like being on a yacht for seven days is luxurious that's luxurious if you've been homeless your whole life (laughs) like (laughs) like no like it's camping on water and there's nowhere else to go you either you either scale boats or swim that's how you get around I'll, i'll say this I think it was hella dope that we carved out this black ass space in just predominantly white ass environment. And I don't think we carved it out. I think that's just natural. Like it doesn't matter where we go. 
and I also talk about in the recap, like whatever space we're in is unless unless it's an essence festival, there is never gonna be a space for large groups of black people. It's just this is not what it is. There's no space for us. We go to the space to create our space. And I think that's what we did because it was 10, yeah. 10 of us. Y'all yeah, look good. I, mean, I saw the pictures. You know, lit. I can't wait to see on the travel blogs. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know they catch on to it. Yeah. But I mean, and also there was 10 different personalities and nobody got into a fist fight. Hey, that's what I thought about Essence Fest because it was a whole bunch of girls. That's right. That means and it's possible. God. That Praise means these God. stereotypes about, listen, yes, we are angry, but we also know how to control it when we want to. I, I so, don't think it's about control. I think it was just like, no, I controlled it. Personalities. No, I controlled it. <laughs> It was no, a vibe I controlled for us. it. You controlled I'll it. speak for myself. I controlled mine. It was good. Listen, we all got. That <laughs> was good. And with that, I also want to make sure that we let you guys know we have a guest on our show today. Miss yeah, yeah. um, Anuli is here. Welcome, madam. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. So, uh, Anuli is actually here to talk about her recent experience at Khan. So for the while the rest of us were out here partying at the Ultra Fest in Croatia, Anuli was out here in these streets being classy, cool with some rosé at Khan, and she's going to share her experience later in the show. So we're happy to have you. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. I will say I don't know what Church Punch is. You don't know Church, um, church Punch? I went to Catholic Church, too. Did you? Oh. It's nothing. It's like, did you go to CCD or did you go to uh, school? CCD. You did. Okay. Yeah. So if, if CCD... I would say, like, because CCD was fun. Like, I didn't go to CCD, but all my friends did, so I would go to all their programs. It's like you'd always have, like, Kool-Aid at the youth group or, like, some sort of punch, but, like, there's a consistency of the punch uh, at the church. It's um, all it's, sugar. It's all sugar. And then you add some <laughs> And, like, sometimes. a little bit of water and powder. Um, but it's Kool-Aid. Or you get ginger yes, ale too. But because it's, church. It's, it's, a different, it's a different kind of Kool Aid. Yeah. It's touched. It's heavenly touched. Yeah. Like somebody some love, they put love in love yeah. and lots of sugar into it. Or sometimes, you ever seen the Welsh can juice? They still make oh, those? the canned ones with the concentrate. Yes. Yeah. You can make yes. it with they, that too. Yes. They yes. mix, yes. They mix yes. it That's with that and Kool Aid. <laughs> I've yeah. seen them mix the Kool-Aid with the Listen, it's just Welch a lot of diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you don't you don't get diabetes from it because because but God. Because that's why, but up. God. Okay? Because when you stay prayed up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, so yes, that was this is interesting. You know, I've lived a lot of I've lived through a lot of different cultures. <laughs> I've seen a lot in my 30 years. My th- short 30 years. Um but do us a favor before we hop into um, our next segment. Can you give us a little bio of yourself? I don't know if you're allowed to say who you work with, but tell <laughs> us like what you do, how long you've been in the industry. Some people can know you by. Sure. Uh, Anuli Akinebu. I'm a senior brand planner at Edelman, New York. Um, I've been with that company for five years. Uh, I work a lot on consumer Brands, lifestyle brands, um, personal care brands. Amazing. All right. So we got a guest. We're hyped, fresh off vacation. Um, so I would just expect for us to say a whole bunch of some, some shit. Um, do we have any stories to share? Any nope, comments? No nope. So we can jump straight into dope shit or ain't shit. All right. I'm going to go ahead and start this segment of dope shit, ain't shit with some ain't shit. Um, because I actually caught wind of this when it was just tea. And now that it has been leaked to the press, I feel like, you know, I got my ears to the streets. You got the, the, what's it called? My ears to the streets. Oh no. The streets is watching. I have the end. I had the the plug. plug. (laughs) Well, maybe perhaps, but, um, unless you've been under the, a rock, um, your least favorite pizza brand has been placed into the news yet again with the outing that the founder of Papa John's uh, used the N-word in a meeting. Now, I'm going to take this back and say, when I heard about this when it happened, and I'm not giving away my sources because I like to get tea, but I'll go ahead and give you a little drip. When I got this, um, I will commend laundry service for their swift response to the situation um because the way i heard it it was said in the it was said in the meeting 
um, and the meeting was very shortly thereafter ended, like ended earlier than it was supposed, earlier than expected. Um, and with ours, they were let go as a company or as a client. Um, I feel like for those of us that advocate for diversity and inclusion and equity um, and just an understanding of, of personhood for women and people of color, that is exactly what you want your company to do whenever some fuckery happens in a meeting with a client. Unlike other places where I've worked, where you let your clients disrespect your, your staff members and everybody stands there with their arms folded, folded and their eyebrows up like, huh? Um, but yes, uh, the founder of Papa John's thought it was um, in his best interest to express his apathy, if you would, for racism um, by using the N-word and um, also talking about his upbringing where he, he said, you know, growing up where I come from, you know, they tie black people up and drag them by, the, by cars or whatever. So um, ju this just goes to show for those of you that truly believe that there's no need to have uh, bias training or non-bias training and that there's no need or no real reason um, to talk about diversity and inclusion and that nobody that works in marketing is racist, that you're fucking wrong, um, that these things actually do happen in meetings more frequently than we'd like to admit. This one just got leaked to the press. Um, and yeah, because of that, I, we still have a podcast. He's no longer <laughs> with his company, although I'm sure he'll still be a shareholder at some point, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's pretty fucking embarrassing. Also, it takes it back to the time, like, let's not forget that he was blaming Colin Kaepernick and the other players that were kneeling yep. two years ago for his dip in uh, revenue. Um, the man just doesn't really like black people. Like, let's just, like, and I will be, I will be real with you. I used to really fuck with some Papa John's pizza. There were nights where I would sit home and order me a little flat bread pizza, okay, with the all the vegetables. Sauce. No, no sauce, but I would eat the pepper, you know. And, yes, that was a part of my college. But he's a fucking racist, like, point blank, period. I don't care nothing else about nothing. Everybody, need, like I said, several um, over the course of the last few episodes, we really don't care. You're just going to get called the fuck out. You're a racist. The people around you are racist. The people that thought it was cool for you to sit there in the meeting and didn't check you or, or you know, like, uh, you know, like call you out are racist. Anybody that set, sits there and lets you talk about this, because I'm sure he said this to other people to feel comfortable enough to say it in that meeting. Anybody that he may have said it to previously that didn't check him, you're a fucking racist too. And this is great, guys. This is just really giving us ammunition to continue our conversation. So yeah. um, shout out to Laundry Service for handling the situation as any person of color, specifically a black person, uh, would expect you or would want you to. Um, and fuck you to Papa John's. Word. I'm, I'm here for color culture. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I, I think it's 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 the best way to handle it, like because when we like I've said this on the show before, like people talk about diversity and inclusion, but they don't talk about the reasons why we need it, and that's a good reason why we need it. Well, we need the the advocacy of it, right? Like, God forbid, ten years ago, well, maybe not ten years ago. Ten years ago was two thousand and eight, and this conversation Jesus. was at its a peak again. But like five years ago. God forbid, five years ago, this would have happened. Would this agency, would any agency fire their client for it? Or would they just kind of sweep it under the rug as like, oh, he didn't mean it? You know Probably what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, I feel like with the current temperature of everything, the, the, the temperature of culture right now, it is super important to have people in place that feel empowered to say, I don't. I don't care what our revenue or our bottom line looks like. We cannot fuck with you. We don't even want your money. Your money is so dirty. I don't even want to touch it. Damn. Your money ain't good here. Your money is no good here. And that was a rich man. Okay. <laughs> I don't even need your money. That's powerful. That's super powerful. Mm. Word. And your pizza ain't that damn good no more anyway. All I think about is the sweet tomato sauce. I mean, I love the garlic sauce that came with it. I know. But the sweet sauce, I was like, <laughs> I was like, why is there sugar in the sauce? 
I just, you, you like it or you I, or you I don't it? like sugar. I don't oh, okay. oh, so you don't. You're not gonna miss Papa John's. No, I live in New York. I mean, I right. You don't pizza. miss. You don't miss like franchised pizza in New York. No. I will. I will go to Rocco's. Shout out to Rocco's one, two, and three. All in Brooklyn, of course. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Okay, uh, I'm done. I have dope shit, but it's not like ad related. I just and been a good vibe. Mine's is an ad related. Either. I don't know. Yours is never ad related. <laughs> I mean, and I've that's just a, been, and that's fine. I've, um, I've, I've been living my whole life as an outcast. So, yeah, that's true. Anyway, <laughs> meanwhile, um, so I don't think we've talked. We may have talked about this before, but it's the Red Table Talks with oh, yeah. um, Jada Pickett Smith. Yes, I love the topics. I know the one with Gabrielle Union went really like fame, like viral. Like, do people use viral anymore? It was out there. It was popping. Um, but the topics after that have been very, very good. One recent one I saw was about addiction and how that affected their family, like, and August Alsina. I don't really. Oh, I didn't see that episode yet. Yeah. But, like, about that one. Yeah. Like, I didn't know Jada's mom went through addiction. She talks about that. Baltimore was a tough time. It was a tough place for a long time. I I love the topics. And I saw the Tiffany Haddish one. That one was beautiful. I I think it's such a great, like, series and. I hope they continue it. And Jada's doing a good job with all these topics. They're just really on point and just well um, thought out and very – because we don't hear much about Jada, right? And she talks about that, actually, how, like, once she became a mother, she kind of stepped outside of herself to make that, like, her primary self, herself as a mother and only a mother and not necessarily as a three-dimensional person who is – a woman and a wife and a friend and a mom. See, like yeah, you know you like you she just kind of like yeah. stuck to the motherhood and that she felt like that kind of took her away from herself i do think that there is uh, an ad marketing content related tie into it because i think it's the only show right now that people actually speak about like, like facebook content like okay. like how facebook has facebook Watch. Watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the only show that people actually talk about, um, or that I hear people talk about. People in my network speak about in in relation to the shows that they watch. Okay. So we watch Insecure. We had to watch Power. And by the way, did you see Red Table Talk? And I was like, it's amazing to see. And this often, I find that this often happens with people of color, like with black people, but people of color in general, where. You give us a medium, you give us a platform, and we know how to turn it into something that um, can be marketed. Like, we want to share our stories on whatever medium and channel you give us. And the fact that, like, this, I don't quote me, but I would put money that this is one of the highest rated Facebook watch shows that they actually have. Yeah, I believe that. And I think that, I mean, it's just a really good show. It is actually a really good show. They have merch now, too. They got merch. Oh, they got merch. They got got red table because I'm I'm, I'm in the market for furniture. So, next level, speaking of merch. Oh. We got merch coming up for us. We do got merch. Let's talk about that at the end. We can talk about it at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay tuned. But, yeah, that's it. my dope shit. And, you know, the other day before I left for Essence, I watched Set It Off, which is, whew, when you watch it again. That's a good way to start Essence. I know. <laughs> There's got to be like an ending of that movie, right? The, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but the, the story of Set It Off as a whole is a very, I find it to be a very empowering story of sisterhood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is an empowering story. So listen, listen. Me and my homegirls. Me and my homegirls. We out here. Life ain't treating us right. Fuck it. We robbing a bank. Half of the girls ride trips, and die. You see what I'm saying? It's it's, it's literally flipped. girls <laughs> trip reversed. <laughs> it's girls trip reversed. So, so how did that motivate you for your trip? What did you do to set it off? Oh my! I mean. Not a book report she, about. <laughs> I, I, we, Gwen and I were just Whatever watching, it and we were like, "Damn, we didn't realize it was like that." I mean, and then we watched Wayne to Excel, which was like, you know, girls' movies, and then oh, y'all essence. were having a moment. Huh? Yeah, we're having a moment. We're having a moment because Karina, yeah. you got to put together like a syllabus, like a preparation for essence. essence fast I'll syllabus. do that for you. I get different swim lanes for you. Yeah. Which would you want to do? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I that. <laughs> Um, Anuli, do you have any any like current events, anything crazy or fun or sad happen in life these days? Or wow, <laughs> um, 
We're doing dope shit and ancient. Dope shit. Yes. Yeah, so dope, dope shit, shit or is is positive. Is positive uh, current events. Ain't shit is the fuckery that you've experienced or seen uh, in current events. I'm gonna go with dope shit. Okay. Um, I started watching this series the other day on Netflix. It's a Brazilian series, and it's called Samantha. And what I like about it is that you see the diversity of Brazil because they just, you know, Brazil is what, 40% black? Mm-hmm. So they don't tell you it's a, a diverse show, but they just show it to you. So the lead is um, Hispanic, white, but her partner is a black man. Her kids are biracial, and they're that's just true Brazil. And it's a comedy, 30 minutes. It's pretty funny. It's about this, like, 80s pop, um, pop star. She was a child star. Now she's trying to, like, maintain her fame as an adult. It's pretty mm. funny. I like it. Okay. I'm, like, four episodes in. What's it called? Samantha. Samantha. Okay. It's a little I, corny, campy, but I like that. I mean, sometimes you need that on a rainy day. Mm-hmm. English, too. Oh, good. There you go. I don't like to read. Oh, my God. <laughs> Problematic, babe. What you got? <laughs> All right. So my dope shit is uh, about another podcast called The Nod. And their latest episode Nucky is uh, an oral history about uh, what somebody described as a beloved Negro spiritual, uh, Nuck If You Buck, which it, <laughs> <laughs> it is a Negro spiritual, isn't it? At this point, yes. Which is by the iconic um, rap group Crime Mob. Um, if you've never listened to The Knot, that is like one of my favorite podcasts because it's just about all the blackest things that are black and they break things down in a way that my stupid brain would never ever break down uh but you should definitely check out the latest episode which is basically um crime mob talking about how the song came to fruition and how it's an iconic song at this point and it's classic um so that's my dope shit for the week I've met Diamond before. She is so nice. Have you? Yeah. She, she looks like nice. she would actually be really, really nice. nice. Yeah. She what looks like she'd be so nice until you say some what, fuck what shit and she about, pops Karina? off. Wasn't um, that she was on that reality show for a hot second? No, I met her in person. Um, she sure was on she, that shit, wasn't but she, she? Yeah, she, was, she was, what was it? Rap Sisters? I don't know. Yeah, that, yeah. I know that's not the title, but y'all know what Something the hell like I meant. Something like that, yeah. I've met her. She was really nice. We were just talking about like clothes and stuff like that. But she's really sweet. Girl stuff. She's like a girly yeah, girl. Yeah, she's a girl. Aww. You yeah. didn't take the opportunity to talk about like a few buck. Simeon, no. She's no, one, no one's like, hey, let's talk about your So, <laughs> when, when you are knucking and bike, bucking and ready to fight, like, no. no. How old is that song? Like, uh, what, 20 years now? No, nah, it's probably like 14. Oh, don't make me feel that old. And the aunties do love that, that song. That song is not that song 15 years old. That it's from 2004. They, they, they like the that song? The aunties right. do knuck if you buck, oh, and they strolled to oh, that wait. song. Oh, wait, no, That's it's 2002? Well, in oh, essence, they that would, I was about to say, that would make so their... much more sense that it's from 2002. Oh, damn. Because they were young back then when they came out with that song, yeah. too. Like, really yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they said they were like 15. That was the song yeah, in essence, middle though. School. The aunties had their stroll. They so had their 16 dance, years. Okay. Everything. God Listen, damn. I've been out of high school for 16 years. Still walks to the Still day. rides. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. It's an oldie, but a goodie. That and back that ass up. <laughs> Oh, did yes. you see my snap about the granny? The granny who gets her money um, on Bourbon Street? I That's saw what she plays. her in person. I've seen her, yeah. Bust it wide open. That's her did she, <laughs> did she tell you to bring it back? That's the question. No, that's did she tell you to bring it back after she busted she it wide open? She brings it back she herself. Brings it. She, brings it. <laughs> she brings it back. She will dance with you. She's Listen. getting her money. I don't, she tried I don't to think I've I seen like, her. Sorry, she I must can. be new. That's, I didn't see her. She's on a bike and she plays back that ass up. I'll show you a video. Because you know that's the national that yeah, that's the national black black anthem of New Orleans. She killed it. That's actually just the national like the unofficial unofficial national black anthem in general. Like you get the first three chords and like I'm I'm out. Me and everybody I know is out. I think or like video of you. Yeah. Yes. It's instant. It's really there's not many things that instantly get me to do things, but like the first few moments of that boom 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 boom. I was like, oh shit. Wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good time. It's always well, a good time. I remember the times that those chords would come out, and then you get disappointed, and it turns out to be the Drake song, and it's like, no, I wanted to hear the original version. Yeah, because you know Drake has that. That happens song. with a lot of Drake songs these days. 
it's all right. Yeah, you think it's something and it's not. Yeah, that yeah, would make yeah. Really He's sad. actually trying to remake my. You know what? That's that's a whole other topic. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. So, like we said, while the rest of us are out here gallivanting in these streets, doing things that are not necessarily uh, beneficial to our careers. Uh, like traveling to Ultrafest uh, with the Molly Poppers and listening to EDM. Anuli was out in these streets traveling to Cannes, France, uh, to experience the, uh, I guess, the marketing and advertising festival that happens there every year. So I would love for you to start by just giving us a little bit about your experience, what you felt about it, um, and then we'll jump in with questions. Cool. So... I had the opportunity to go to Cannes through HP's More Like Me program. HP selected people to work at their partner agencies to participate in this program. So there was 15 of us from their agencies and then three additional people from MAPE. So MAPE and Facebook partnered to send people to go as well. Um, We had a whole curriculum of things to do throughout the week and we got behind the scenes access to Cannes that a lot of people don't get. So we got to see some judges um, while they're in the judging room and ask them like their thoughts about what they're doing, how they um, process the entries. We got to meet someone from Cannes who explained why Cannes is different than other award shows. So there's a lot of behind the scenes access, there's a lot of um, curated um, programming and I will say it was a life changing experience because we got to meet, I got to meet people who were at my, around my level, around my age in the industries just trying to make it through we are all around like mid-level people that came so you don't really see a lot of yourself at that level you know you see people start off entry level and they kind of like drop off so just to be with other people around your level and kind of talk and hash it out together for a week it was kind of a camp because we're always together um was a great experience so it sounds like you had like an enjoyable experience i mean we've talked to people past who've gone and they've had very different experiences so you went through a curated program mm-hmm. right so how do, well, can you share what your day-to-day was there or yeah they had us up from like 8 a.m till night we had something um so like one day would be round tables with industry executives um, mentoring sessions so we met like goddess rivera she was one of our mentors i know she's been on your show before yes. that's the homie yes. um a lot, a lot of Joshua Kissy was a um, great mentor for us. Tiffany Warren. So we we got a lot of FaceTime with like high higher level folks around the world in the industry, which was amazing. And then we got to see different panels. So I saw a great one about gender and masculinity. You know, for example. Um, but yeah, it's programming, mentorship, um, predominantly, and then like workshops. So cans, it's kind of like the young lines without actually having to do like a brief and like that right. stress of it. Um, it was more about the educational content. So did you have to compete to be a part of the more like me or did they just pick you? We had a, we, everyone from all the agencies had to submit uh, some form of an essay and they chose three. So I know for us, maybe like 50 people from Edelman uh, submitted and then they chose three. Uh, and then hundreds of people submitted overall and they chose us 18 and even to make people i think they had some type of entry thing that they had to do as well what do you actually think that you got out of your experience um and how do you feel that that will either benefit your career or not you know it was definitely eye-opening to see that side of the industry i mean can is excess it's just a lot of companies spending a lot of money to impress each other, I'll be honest. Um, but for many moments in my career, I was kind of like one foot in, one foot out mentally. Like, is mm-hmm. this for me? Like, do I belong here? And just going to camp, In your career or at career, the event? Um, oh. In my career. Okay. Yeah. I felt like I belonged at the event because I was like in that little incubated group. Mm-hmm. So when I was at Cannes, it made me see like there's a place for someone like me they need they desperately need people like us with our perspectives because i don't want to see another award show of black people in the content but not black people on stage 
I think it's funny you say that because part and I think Goddess actually tweeted while she was out there, like in the beginning, because I know she did her recap for the drum um, and she really enjoyed the experience. But in the beginning, she pointed out that like the representation of people of color that were there were more of celebrity. Oh, definitely. And within the content, but not necessarily those of us that are on the ground um, doing the work day to day within the agencies. And I wonder what that what that gave me pause to think about is are we not being specific enough like technically no i don't think we we have to fucking be that serious i don't i don't think we have to handhold as simian i don't care what you're going through i'm not holding your hand to do nothing right friend oh wait are you talking to both i'm trying to vacation is over guys i'm trying to say but i don't i don't think i'd personally don't want to ever have to hold anybody's hand i feel like it is very clear what is needed but i feel that the way it is either being interpreted either by on purpose or as a way to not have to fully give up power is that oh they just want to see themselves and it's like when we say we want to see ourselves we, we want to see ourselves in the full extent of ways to see ourselves within the content, behind the scenes, around the boardroom tables, uh, at the approval, you know, the, the people making or giving approvals, uh, junior level, senior level, mid-level, etc. But what we see is, to your point, oh, they hired another actor. Oh, we have another actor that is speaking on a panel about something in advertising, but they haven't worked in advertising, but I guess it kind of like goes together. And then we will get like one or two token senior leaders that have been having these conversations for decades, uh, leading panels and pulling other people in. So I, I get really conflicted because I'm like, you know, this the my, my mother's name is Sonia Anuli, so understand what i say the sonya side of me is like y'all motherfuckers know what the hell i'm talking about stop playing stupid but the rational side of me is like well maybe i'm not giving you enough information to really be able to understand what i mean i mean Do you see what it, i'm saying isn't like, it a little bit of both though because is it I, I i i almost feel like it can either be one or the other that it cannot be both well it's I mean, it's not a monolith, right? So there are different people who are behind different initiatives. I think for some, they're they don't really care. They're just like, all right, let me put let me let me put this celebrity out there to make it hip, so that people tweet about it, so that people black people get hype about seeing black people on stage. But then I think it's also like part of the reason why we started the show is there aren't a lot of people like us in the room at the table behind diversity and inclusion initiatives to make sure that the solutions are specific to what we need. I think there's I think we are the only ones at the table around diversity and inclusion initiatives. It depends on where you depends on the company though. I think I think that What do you mean? Because you can definitely have an agency where the diversity the people who are behind the diversity and inclusion initiative are primarily white. And they're the ones who are coming up with the solutions that will that are supposed to affect the people of color at the agency. But oftentimes the DNI representatives right. are like black women. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm, like, like I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not trouble. saying that there are no DNI initiatives where white men lead the mm-hmm. conversation because quite frankly to me that is that the majority leading a conversation for quote unquote a minority is is where there could be conflict. However, let's like the reason why we're here, the reason why there's a three percent conference is because the only people that care about DNI are people of color and women and white women. Like so to me, again, everyone gets it. I I want I I feel in my spirit, deep down in my spirit, the spirit in me that cusses everybody out every day. That Everybody fucking gets it. However, the execution of well, we did what you asked has always been, oh, we'll just put them on screen. So, who, so just who does the execution screen. though? That, but that to me, that's not a DNI initiative. 
that to me is not a DNI well, initiative. Here's the context about Cannes too. So we met with somebody who like helps produce the festival, and they told us that they're working on getting more participation from different regions. So primarily the participation now is U.S., Mm -hmm. U.K., of course. Then you're seeing a little more from, like, Brazil. You're seeing a little more from Japan. But this was laughable when this was said, but he's like, we really need, we're really working on expanding our reach to Africa and Asia. That's a a big chunk of the world if you're just now working on expanding our reach to Africa Africa and Asia. Well, because when, quite frankly, when people think about anything black they think of the like three percent of people like not recognizing that there's an entire continent that is largely and primarily of dark skin i think and so thinking of africa is like a side comment where it's like bruh like no that's 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 a lot of people that's a lot of things that's a lot of people places and things here's when i struggle with can because I was watching it on online and seeing people's videos and whatever. I get the, the celebrity aspect. It's fun. People want to go. People are interested. They're intrigued. If they've gone before, they want to go again. You know, there's the conference aspect where you go to the panels and you learn and you hear this information. You see the bows and you see all the cele- the the industry celebrities and the outside celebrities that's wonderful i do agree that's not really a dni initiative that's pr yep um what i do think is when you said access and particularly with your hp initiative where it has tiffany involved who is let's face it she is a dni celebrity she's on the power 100 for ebony let's just be real but it was refreshing to see that she is using her access to create a program to have you guys be there at Cannes. And one question I actually got was like, well, we've been talking about diversity and inclusion for a while this year in the industry, not, on this sh- not only on the show, but in the industry altogether. And I wanted to know how did that conversation affect Cannes? And it's sounding like, yes, you do gender masculinity, but it seems like we're circumventing the what we really need to talk about. And yes, it's great to invite other countries that have primarily, I mean, the world is primarily brown when you really look at it. You know, it's great, but we're not really getting to the issue when we know what the really the issue it is with diversity and inclusion and media and advertising. For so, sure. you know, that's the part I'm just like, okay, yes, we do get it, but we're just circling around it. And is it because we don't know how to talk about it or like that's the missing piece when it comes to the c-suite when it comes to these upper level people when it comes to celebrity and access that we know what the what the the core problem is but we don't touch it why it's too political like i don't know i mean i i believe this year was one of the first years that they had a panel dedicated to diversity and inclusion on the main stage at candles the one that tiffany hosted um with antonio from hp sandy newton edward and in full but as far as like how we talk about it, a lot you choose to go to the panel, right? So people who are already inclined to care about that subject will be at that panel. So we're talking to people who are already invested. What the industry needs to do next is how do you talk to the people who are less invested? And a lot of that could be this idea that I heard there, and I, I remember this phrase, you treasure what you measure. You got to show them that hate to say like the business impact of why diversity makes sense and I hate to say that because it's like now I got to beg to you to tell you why I'm relevant and why I matter but the fact is companies that have more diversity tend to make more monies people need to see this data people need to see the impact that it has on their business and why having teams with different types of people backgrounds perspectives will get you to new and greater work because you can't keep doing the same thing to get better results you can if you don't want better results if you're exactly if you're fine with the status quo which i you know i just just wish i just pray for i pray for the moment of like liar liar to be a real thing where like everybody would just say what the fuck is on their mind because I feel like is that the internet? 
No. no. Because the people that I'm looking, the people that, and we don't need them to say it, but you know, like there's, there's a level of satisfaction you get from like your inclination being, or your, your inkling being confirmed to hear from us, a freaking, you know, C-suite executive, you know, but I just, I just want to stay and make my half a million, over half a million dollars annually plus uh, benefits plus a bonus a year. And, you know, I really just don't want to share it because I, I like I like hanging out with Bob, you know. Me and Bob get to talk about the same things and we have a good time. And I really, I really don't want to change it. Like that is what that is exactly what I think that a lot of people are thinking. A lot of C-suite level executives are thinking, and they just won't say it out loud. Like, oh, yeah, say I'm cool. Language. I'm cool where I'm at, bruh. I'm not moving, and I don't want change. I um, don't know about the business aspect of it because we know we've seen Shea Moisture, we've seen Pepsi, we've seen we've we have business case examples. We even now to like yesterday we have Ogilvy where they let go one of the most beloved C-suite people because of. Um, he did things that were against the business code of ethics. Yeah, you got to fire people these days. Everybody's right. fired. That's it, the new trend. I can't pronounce his name, but he was beloved. Like, mm-hmm. every week he had a newsletter. John Seifert supported him. So to let him go was a very, like, jarring decision. So why would someone do that if they don't understand the business case and the importance of diversity and inclusion? You know what I mean? Like saying that we don't know, we treasure what we measure. I, I totally get that, but at the same time, you have the, it's not like you don't have the business cases to show that there's an importance and there should be more attention brought to this. I don't think it's that evolved where you have the business examples. I, don't I mean, they see the loss anymore. when they, they fuck up, right? And then they get dragged on social media. People, you know, H&M is still feeling that loss. So in some cases there is that, that business imperative to stay on the straight arrow and go with this. But idea I'd hate diversity. for the business case to be we need. It shouldn't some, be the we only need case. somebody. We need somebody to blame when shit goes wrong. You see yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, because that's what it's turning into. Right. We're gonna bring this person in for DNI to represent because yeah. we need a neck to roll when we don't get it right. And I, I and I and I feel like there's a thin line for that. I do want to go back to your your comment about um, access. Because I do think that people like the idea is that we go to these conferences and events and symposiums to be around our peers for access. What kind of access do you feel that you were close to or that you had the opportunity to be close to during your trip? So in my essay to get into the program, I said a line that has been referenced a lot by HP people and mm, different that people. That means it was good. <laughs> and it was basically about how if I'm going to have a seat at the table, give me a microphone when I get there. Amen. So with that came the opportunity through the program to speak on CNBC about diversity and inclusion, like on camera with Antonio. Um, that was To me, that's a big access. Because getting a platform. Yeah. Getting that platform, and getting that microphone platform, yeah. to like share my thoughts, being asked, you know, questions about the issues and putting my perspective out there on this international platform. And it acts as far as the people I got to talk to, the relationships I get to foster mm-hmm. through that program that I wouldn't have had an uh, opportunity to do otherwise. Awesome. Um, would you go back? Yeah. I would love to go back and be on stage as a researcher. I, I love researcher research and cultural research. I would love to be the one talking about these issues on stage. doesn't have to be a diversity and inclusion panel, but let me just talk about the work and the insight it got up there. Like, if I go back, I want to be winning an award or talking on a panel. Amen. I mean, yeah. I mean, the whole point is it's a it's going to con is the place you go to be recognized. So aside from being able to get there, uh, already establishes some sort of status that you have within your profession but then i mean the height of con is to be celebrated you go to be celebrated i think that's fair um can you talk a little bit more about the more like me program like what is hp doing over there um do you feel that it is needed do you feel that they are um that they are 
enacting change or affecting change rather like what what's your experience been with them uh i think overall it's been a positive experience because for a cmo of such a large company to put a stake in the ground saying we're going to it's thousands upon thousands of dollars for each one of us to go right so they're investing a significant amount of money all you know flights travel everything the passes for all 18 of us um to go and that's a part of their larger you know company purpose is diversity and inclusion and i I was able to talk to Antonio like one-on-one. He said, you know, he's at this point in his career that he doesn't want to do any job without a purpose. So that was his purpose. He was like, he felt like he's at this point that he can help make that change in the industries. And I I respect that. Uh, I think the program most of all was just getting that FaceTime with the other 17 people. I still talk to them. I still hang out with them. We still on our group chat. And it's just other people in the industry going through the same things and you can like talk real about what you're going through because I like I said I'm like I've been one foot in one foot out just not knowing a lot of times in my career like where I fit in my space did you did you feel like you gained an understanding of where you might have where you might fit in 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 this space and in your career I definitely like I I know the role that I play in my job like I'm I'm like that person on my team that people turn to for like to understand what's happening in the world, you know, what's cool on the streets, is this culturally, you know, insensitive or not? Like, I'm like, I've become like that barometer. Um, And I get to do it just on the basis of being myself. Like, I don't tend, people code switch, but I don't really like, I'm still most, I'm still mostly myself in the office and I don't have personal qualms about expressing my thoughts. So for people coming up behind me to see that I'm like fully myself and I made it to can't, um, I think it sh- you know, might be inspirational for them to see that they, you don't have to change too much of who you are to like survive in this jungle. Do you like being that go-to person, just honestly speaking? You don't mind it? I'd rather be the go-to person than <laughs> someone mess up, right? Yeah. Um, but there's that balance, right? Because I am more than just like the person that knows about you know, diversity issues or people of color issues. Um, I have other interests. So I try to strike that balance of not only being on the quote-unquote like black projects, wow. right? I, I try to do everything. And there's a lot of education to do with clients in particular, uh, how to receive that type of counsel or even people um, that you work with on, you know, the type of work that you want to be doing. So it's like, cool, I love, I love this. I love, you know, the purpose program with the you know diversity stuff but i also love the other thing and i think having us in the room to kind of normalize our experiences to show that your persona doesn't have to be white by default Mm -hmm. there are like psychological like things that we all have in common no matter you know our race our background there's just things as a human that we all jive with and it's educating people on that and i learned at least especially like in the more recent years that I get things maybe faster than others when it comes to certain issues. So I have to like, I hate saying this, but you have to like hold people's hand and kind of bring them along with you on that journey Mm -hmm. and not expect for them to get it like immediately, especially clients. I've been in, I've been in crazy rooms, the the things I could tell you. Uh, But you have to have a lot of patience to be in this game. And I guess for years I was like, do I... Do I have it? I'm still wondering still, if I you have it. it. You here. I'm here. I'm still here. <laughs> but it is hard. It is not easy to be like that person in the room. Yeah. One of the things that people talk about in relation to um, Khan is pretty much Khan and, and South by Southwest and all of these uh, festivals slash award uh, events, if you will, is that they mean nothing that that their validity their validity in giving platform and celebrating the most creative people and uh pieces of work is fleeting um basically that it's played out we don't need it no more it's it's like fashion just week. like fashion week it's just another excuse to drink a whole bunch of champagne spend a whole bunch of money and celebrate the people that keep getting celebrated year in and year out. Um, based on your experience uh, with this program, do you feel the same way or do you have a different opinion? I'm conflicted, to be honest, because 
I see the work and in some of my favorite projects so I was working on like a case study deck for my office so my favorite projects you could see the impact that they made on the communities that they're trying to reach mm-hmm. but for the most part I, I wonder if you ask just your friend that doesn't work in an industry about like six of the campaigns for example would they know that these things even happened and is the work that we're celebrating work that like regular people even noticed because we're all actively trying to avoid ads and commercials so i wonder if there's a purpose for that but maybe the main purpose is keeping people in the industry invested in the industry and and giving them that little motivation because as humans we still want you know gamification we still want to reach the next level and have like more goals to reach for so maybe it's just internally for for the industry to like continue to do what they do what was the so we've we're coming into um an era of the industry where there's there's internal in agencies you know with large companies in terms of footprint was there a lot of panels sponsored by clients or like how was the agency versus client relationship at can clients as far as like the brands themselves um, were there as sponsors but I think the most notable noticeable sponsorship or participation was by your social media companies Facebook Twitter Pinterest they all had their own separate beaches <coughs> They spent a lot of money. They're I, on I beaches? Yeah. Like each, <laughs> so the whole thing is like based on beach side. So each of these companies like bought a space of the beach. It's like a big chunk of land. Facebook in particular, <laughs> Twitter in particular. I don't even want to know how much money they spent per day. Because they had food, they had events, everything at their beach. You plan to sprain your ankle at camp? <laughs> Listen, it sounds bougie, and it also sounds like it could get really ratchet, I which mean, I are, like, two of my favorite things. With so. Naomi Campbell? Oh, yeah. I got a picture. Did she hey, hit you with her cell phone? She, she, she didn't throw lovely. a cell phone at your head. Was she lovely? She's really she was lovely. She got help. Good. Was she ratchet? I didn't see the ratchet side of her. She said she didn't throw a phone at her head. I mean, she was a I just want to know, like, lady. if she was out there, like, twerking or something. I don't feel like Maybe people that do that at can. Do people do that at can? You know what? <laughs> the funny thing I is- mean, I would do that at camp, but I'm different. I don't give a fuck. I would. Here's the thing. So they had, the funniest thing, they had their parties at night. You know, maybe Twitter had a party, Facebook had a party. There's a cans party. They played all different types of music, including, like, rap music. They had... Well, everyone plays You know what? Right, they had because what the performers fuck else like to Travis besides, Scott Rap there. music or EDM. Literally, that Actually, is that, Yeah, that was music. basically... It was rap music or EDM. They had Travis you Scott, people performing. Anybody <laughs> really format. dancing, though? In, a, in EDM format. I was bummed because the the music was bumping at some points, but I just looked around. Like, me and the people in my program, we look around. I was like, y'all don't even appreciate what you're hearing right now which is why y'all not mo- moving mm. as well we they should. probably also didn't know how like true they try true. you know people were drunk as hell they were moving listen they're just not moving the way we were in <laughs> our colonizers land yeah. yes we were for seven straight days and then some because we also we stopped in madrid we were in for 10 yeah we were in europe for 10 days and let me tell you rhythm is not natural for everyone it is not a thing that everyone can muster it is not the thing that everyone can do everyone wants to do it music makes everyone want to dance everyone doesn't have the rhythm to dance properly i they're dancing in their own way in their own world but just like some songs came on i was like i wish that y'all appreciate it because then i would have a better time if the whole energy was appreciated but we try to create our own party within our group particularly me and my girl dress i was like hey, god that's didn't, all you can do god didn't help you get up on the because you know she don't <laughs> care. they were probably in like a more advanced vip party that i didn't even have access <laughs> to real. they on another true. level right. shout out to right. goddess right. shout her out to v- goddess her vvip i was so bummed i didn't i didn't get to meet goddess she did a session for us but that was the same time as my cnbc interview so i was the one person that didn't get to meet her man mm-hmm. well we'll hook that up you definitely need to you, I'm, a, I'm a work i'm gonna reach out you definitely need to uh get hooked up with the homie she's literally like everything so that's on my oh no i don't know that woman okay um anyway 
thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah, thanks thank for you. coming through. Thanks like, for having me. Obviously, you're going to leave. We're going to talk a little bit, not shit about you, but like <laughs> oh more shit God. about like the experience <laughs> of Can because we definitely, I mean, we, I mean, we've said it on, on countless shows before, like, I think it is imperative that more of us at our level and below and above get access to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these platforms to see and be seen because that's what I think these festivals are for. It's an opportunity for people to know you exist and it's an opportunity for you to be in a place where the people that we ad- admire, if you will, uh, also exist. That's However, a thought I had too. Like it's important. Like, it would be amazing for not just the people who are senior level to go on stage to accept awards, but some junior people to probably was hands on working late nights on that project. At least get one of them per team yeah. at least. Not even one. Yeah. It just I guess the biggest issue I have with most conferences is that that you just at the, at some point like you just recycling the same people. Oh yeah, for sure. Like want to go it's fun it is fun this is this is their this is their vacation like the real shit is that this is your vacation right this is their vacation like i mean yeah it is your vacation away from like they probably got kids and shit so like you you can't travel with your wife or your husband and get whatever but the problem is is that everyone's not getting the access and it's not that the access isn't there it's that it's not being shared which is very different Mm -hmm when we talk about diversity and inclusion then just it's not just about being shut out like it's not just because you are black we don't want you here just because you're a woman we don't want you here it is literally that is that has been their safe space for to be fully themselves to be fully themselves and here we are creating our own spaces in these spaces that were never meant for us. I mean, the other thing is that's also where a lot of deals are made, right? And a lot of people who I know who have gone to these premier conferences, whether it's South by Southwest or can, they've used it as leverage to get their next job. And Mm -hmm. their next job is usually some dope ass shit. So being shut out of can, yes, there are the conferences and yes, there are all, all the perks that come with it. But it's also being shut out from those opportunities that we could use to advance to to the next level. And at these these conferences or these festivals, that's where a lot of these relationships are made mm-hmm. for those positions that are going to be filled. I actually met a guy at Cannes who was like pretty young, starting out, maybe like like entry level. He told me he got to Cannes through a program. Um, because this woman rents um, on her own last year, and she works at some agency. He didn't. He didn't be called. He didn't say the name of who she was. She saw that there wasn't enough people of color in there. She paid with her own money to get like five, ten of them to go to Cannes. Because oh, it's like it's just we should be there, but I, I, I don't see why these places like they're not important for the same reasons that they used to be. These people aren't the people in charge aren't necessarily defining culture. They look at the culture that we've defined and then they give it it off. Exactly. So yeah, we need to be there. We should be showing up. We, somebody needs to give us, get some money together to pool money for the folk that can't uh, afford it. Like myself, I I can't even afford it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think we should go, but also like, I don't need validation from, the CEO of whatever fucking holding company. I just don't need your validation. Your shoes are funny. You wear your socks up to your ankle. Your breath probably stinks. Your suit don't fit right. You probably ain't that cute. What are you going to tell me about? What are you going to tell? What are you going to tell me about culture and creativity (laughs) when you've been doing this for 50 years the same way? And there's nothing is, there's nothing innovative about your perspective and that's yeah, the funny I thing it. about it too because i will i remember going around to see the work and the things i thought were interesting um there may there was like senior people who didn't see that as like the interesting and like, project i've always felt that way where it's like they people want you from a creative perspective a lot of people want you to see creativity through their way but that mm-hmm. defies the whole point of creativity and imagination is that there's supposed yeah. to be so many different ways to be flexible with it so again for val- for for validation purposes no i don't think that a, i mean my favorite project that didn't even win necessary but 
yes, from a networking perspective, to see and be seen, which is super important in our industry, because if people don't know who you are and you don't know who they are, then what the fuck are you doing here anyway? I get it. We need to have. We need to make sure both of our feet are in the door. So. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, For those of you that are listening, first of all, we have an announcement about merch. Merch is coming. Merch is coming. Check out when it drops on our Instagram how you can order or pre-order Mixed Company merch. Yeah, So get it popping. Absolutely. Get you some You got that friends and family discount popping? We are a black-owned company. We might could possibly potentially do a giveaway or two, but just make sure you keep an eye out on our social media channels. We will be sharing that information with you, and we do want you guys to have it so you can be as dope as we are. In the meantime, you probably need to know where to follow us, and as as always, we are Ask Mixed Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and, and we have the website. Oh, and, and we're, we're now on Spotify. Spotify. What? Wait, wait, wait. I didn't get there yet. I oh, was like, that's not. not even a social media channel. You hype? I am hype about it. I'm hype, <laughs> I'm hype for you. That's really cool. We're also uh, we are also at mixed company or mixed company You're trying to go to the website. If you're tired of listening to us only on iTunes, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, we've gone ahead and gotten our asses up on the Spotify platform. Whoop whoop! Because unlike Beyonce, we do care about spins. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We definitely care about spins. Um, so we are on Spotify and you can check us out there. Otherwise, please keep reaching out to us. We've got a few emails in our queue about people interested in joining us for some conversation. Um, we've got a couple events coming up and yep. conference season is on the way. So you definitely will be seeing um, two to three of us <laughs> at each event uh, from for Q3 and 4. So yes. we'll holler at y'all. Keep checking us out. Uh, Peace. Bye. Bye.